Wow. So, okay, so that that sounds like brony music to me. I mean, no, I mean, it yeah. does. It does. Like, when I listen to it, that, to me, reminds me of the music that you started playing uh, for me when you started to share, like, this is the music that uh, that, that the brony community, the brony musicians have been creating. Yeah. And that's, that, um, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, I mean, it, it technically is made by one of them, but it wasn't made like for that purpose. But yeah, that that. So for what purpose, aside from it being free music for people to be able to use, like us? Um, it was made for like a short story with vampires in it. Um, the music piece is called "Vampires with Cell Phones." Vampires with cell phones. Well, that was going to be the, my second choice. <laughs> First was Browning music. Second was vampires with cell phones. But I didn't want to look foolish, right? So, <laughs> you know. So anyway, let me introduce myself. I am Didge, your host, guide, and sometimes provocateur, and welcome to the 11th episode of So There's That, the podcast, the first podcast episode that we've had that has two integers that are not zeros. So I'm very excited about that. Let me also introduce my sidekick and co-host with dramatic pause, Dante. Hello, I'm Dante, the co-host. <laughs> yes, you are. There you go. We're pretty good at this. We're we're getting pretty. See, after eleven episodes, we know how to do this, right? We yeah. just we know how to introduce ourselves without wasting any time, right? Because that's, that's, that's what we're part. all about: is not wasting time, just getting to the point in the podcast. Uh, so, speaking of getting to the point, how was your week? Uh, it was good. Uh, we found a well, you found an old video game that we used to play all the time. On the Wii Excite Truck, and we have been sucked into that for a while. For an entire extended holiday weekend. We've been going through the house. As everyone knows, I'm moving to New York soon, and we're going through everything. And, like, I just, this week I started going through the kitchen. And uh, so we've been looking at the video game systems that we have. And we have an Xbox 360, and we have a PS2, uh, and we have a Wii. And so I was trying to figure out, well, which, I, you know, I really only need one. Maybe I'll take two, definitely not taking three. <laughs> and so we were talking about various games that we had liked, and we talked about this game called Excite Truck, and we couldn't find a copy. I didn't know what happened to it. I think when we visited my brother a couple of years ago, uh, we left uh, the copy at, at his house. Yeah. And so I went online and was like, oh, yeah, we had a great time doing that. So I just I, I ordered a copy just to see what, what it would be like to play, and it is the best game Definitely the best game we've ever played on Wii. Yeah. And uh, and we, I guess a couple weeks ago, we watched a whole bunch of movies. Yep. And then we watched True Detective. And this is something that we used to do when you guys were kids, is the three of us would play video games <laughs> for an entire freaking weekend. Yeah. And so we pull out Excite Truck, and, uh, and it's a driving game. It's fun because you get to use the Wii controller as if it's a steering wheel. Yep. And the game is just designed in such a way that it's, it's just fun. Yeah. It's just, you know, you get to blow crap up and you get to smash into trees and you get to fly over stuff. Uh, and if you have a Wii, highly recommended. Please check out Excite Truck. But yeah, we've been doing this yeah. the entire weekend. Yeah, I mean, the best thing about game, the reason that, like, rather than most recent games, this one really stands out, is one thing they do is when you crash, you get a thing where you press the button, and you get a boost, and come back to the center of the road. So rather than... And, and you get a point. And you get a point. If you do a really good crash, which I'm really good at that, I'm actually very good at crashing, you get an extra point yeah, for crashing. Absolutely. Yes. 
And, but that's great because most racing games, like, you crash and then, like, you have to spend all this time turning around and, and all that. So this is great because it, it keeps you in the game even if you make a mistake. Well, I hadn't thought about that. Yes, it keeps you flowing and, and, and there's really cool, fun music. Yes. Not as cool as Vampires with Cell Phones, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's fun, exciting music. And I just discovered that we can replace the music in the video game with our own music. Like vampires with cell phones. Like we could put vampires with cell phones on and uh, and we could play we could play that way. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um but yeah, no, we've been loving the game. Um but aside from that, you're we <laughs> Well we um the other thing I guess we did this weekend, uh and have done for much of the week <laughs> and weekend, is we decided I don't know if we talked about this last week that we were we gonna shoot it. we were gonna shoot a YouTube video. Because uh, people keep asking me about my feta salsa recipe, not just from the podcast, but from people I know yep. who have had the pod, who have had the podcast, people who have had the podcast, people who have had the feta salsa, have asked me for the recipe, and I'm always like, yeah, 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 I'll write it up, and I haven't. So we decided we would have some fun and we would shoot a YouTube video, and so three versions later, yep. We have been trying—am I boring you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is this boring? <laughs> no, we just finished earlier, so I'm still yes, yes. recharging from that. <laughs> so we've recorded this five-minute video three times now. The first time was fun. It was pretty good. And yep. We sort of shot overhead. Uh, so it's not just a standard sort of thing, and, yep. and so we, we had a lot of fun doing that. And then the second time we shot it, and we realized we didn't have enough light for the first time, so we added more light to it. And then it turned out that we hadn't quite positioned the camera correctly in that. Yeah. And we ran into a few other problems. And so we completely revamped everything, bought some new stuff, got everything set up for the third version that we shot today uh, when I realized that uh, I'm not very good at memorizing scripts. And so we had to come up with a process by which I could read off of kind of cue cards, yeah. which I think we, we sort of set up. Yeah. And then we shot it, and I hated it. It was horrible. It was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. And then, like, two hours later, we came back and looked at it, and uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. Absolutely. So, hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, you will be able to check out our YouTube video. Uh, and the channel is going to be Typing Monquette <laughs> on YouTube. And also, if you go to our web website, adventuresintransgendering.com, we should have a link, probably at the top of this post, and maybe even on the right rail. Yep. Uh, linking to this. I don't know if we're going to continue doing this. We, I mean, we we had fun, yeah. I hope. Well. Yeah. You know, like kind of. I was a prima donna the entire time. Uh, but we had fun, and so maybe uh, maybe we can continue doing more. Um, yeah. I did get a selfie stick, yeah. and yes. I have come up with a couple of really neat ideas uh, to shoot a video with uh, with a selfie stick. So I yeah. don't know how long it is before we get to our next one, because, uh, well, you're heading down to Florida, yeah, for right? Yeah, right? whatever, eight days, um, leaving yeah. tonight, well... When you hear this, the oh, night dark before. 30. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then getting back really late the next Monday, which would be normally when we would record the podcast. So we're going to record it a little bit late. Uh, but no, we're going to go down for a week. Um, 13. You're driving down. We're right? driving down. Right. So like that's 13 like 13, hours. 15, 15 hours. Okay. It's, it's ridiculously long. Um, and I, it's lots of just like relaxing, going to beach, going to places like that. But with, with your mom. You're going with your mom. With, my, not, with mom. Not, yeah, not, not with, with me. Yeah. Not with me. Right. Um, but one thing we're doing on going on, on the way down is uh, stopping at South of the Border, which I've been to once, I believe. I love South of it's the Border. It's really cool. Well, it's funny because – so when I was a kid, we used to drive from Philadelphia down to Duck Key, 
which was this one of the Florida Keys. Mm-hmm. And it had some sort of like motel there or something, and we would stay there. And I guess eventually we started going to Key West. And that is a really – you think it's a long drive from here mm-hmm. to wherever you go in Tampa. This is an extra long drive going from Philadelphia all the way down the bottom of the Keys. It's like a full freaking day. Yeah. And we used to pa- – and so when – those of us who live on the East Coast over the past couple of decades, many decades – if you're driving south, you see a sign for south of the border. <laughs> and it is your sort of potentially, I guess now it's probably offensive, the signs they used to have up. But yeah. back in the day, it was like Pedro was sleeping uh, and like sleeping next to a, to something and, and like, hey, it's 200 miles until you get to south of the border. And so it sort of had this Mexican motif to it. And uh, and so they had signs, and it was like every ten or fifteen miles, you'd see another south of the border sign, and it was some other joke e sort yeah. of thing. And again, looking back, maybe there, maybe it's not politically correct anymore, but but at the time, you know, in the seventies and eighties, that's yeah. you know, that's anyway. So everyone knew about south of the border who drew who drove south, and I guess maybe north, maybe on the way back, I don't yeah. know, but I just remember it going down. And my parents never stopped at oh. south of the border. We never. Wow. I'm like, please, please. It's like, no, no, no. We got to get down there. We gotta go. We're going to miss sun if we don't get there soon enough. And so we never got to stop at south of the border. And the first time I drove down to Florida for spring break when I was in college, uh, I stopped. And it was like four in the morning. <laughs> and it is like the worst place Ever. I mean, it's like you get, they have lizards filled with sand and, you know, just stupid hats and yep. fireworks. Tons yes, of fireworks. Tons of fireworks. Tons of fireworks. Uh, but it's kind of a rite of passage. I think you have to yeah. go there and kind of go like, oh, okay, this place <laughs> was so much cooler in my imagination. No, it, it's something that, like, in my head, even we went there once, and it's, yeah, it's true. There's a lot of, like, stuff that doesn't really matter isn't as cool as you think but like even now in my head i imagine it's a really cool place that i'm looking forward to going to again but we'll I take pictures i can't think of individual things i'm like this is what i want to do there but yeah absolutely taking pictures. take pictures and we'll post it on our facebook page so yes. if you go to facebook.com slash typing we have started posting uh pictures yeah I posted a picture of you with uh with forest yep and um i posted something else oh the cat so, oh yeah cat, cat. And right? didn't you post some food that we had done? I don't know if I posted food yet. Okay. I know I posted a video of Tim Minchin and no one cares. Oh, okay. So. That's you know. food. Anyway, anyway. So if you want to see more extras, you know, yeah. check out our, ch- definitely check out our, our Facebook page. Uh, I guess we should move on to uh, corrections and clarifications. I have a couple things from last week. Uh, we talked about The Yellow King and I didn't remember who wrote it. It was written by Robert Chambers and published in 1895. Okay. Right. And and again, it's it's has this Cthulhu mythos to it. Right. Yep. And it was part of True Detective. H.P. Lovecraft read it in 1927 and incorporated some of the concepts into many of his stories. Yeah. So I know very exciting stuff. <laughs> uh, we also talked about this fantastic pilot episode that Brian Fuller had done of a oh. Mike Mignola comic book. And I raved about how awesome this thing was. And I got the title wrong. <laughs> So it's not the amazing screw top head. It's the amazing screw on head. Yep. 
My humble apologies to Mike Mignola and Brian Fuller. As everyone knows, Brian Fuller is, in fact, an invited guest. So, Brian, I humbly, humbly apologize to you. Please forgive me and drop us a note at dig at typingmonkeys.com so we can have you on. And uh, you probably <laughs> correct me on any other titles of stuff you've done that I've gotten wrong previously. I also mentioned uh, that there had been a flood in Youngstown. Mm-hmm. And I didn't remember if it was Ohio or Pennsylvania. It is, in fact, Ohio. But it is near the Pennsylvania border. Oh, okay. And because I like to skew young, the flood took place in 1913. <laughs> Uh, so it was actually a horrific, horrific flood. And a friend of mine wrote a book about it. Jeff Williams, Jeff Williams wrote a book and it's called washed away. He also wrote CC piles, amazing foot race. The true story of the 1928 coast to coast run across America. Also known as the longest title of any nonfiction book that I own. Uh, he worked on the Startup Online Reality Series with me. Oh, cool. And uh, he wrote he wrote all the articles. So I've gone on many a shoot uh, with him over the years. And uh, and if you get a chance, uh, check out his books. He's, he writes some really, really good stuff. Uh, he is a dynamite guy. Really, really good guy. One of the best writers I've ever seen. I, I had the pleasure slash displeasure <laughs> so depressing sitting behind him at this event we were at while he was typing what was going through his head and i am a rewriter to me writing is all about rewriting mm-hmm. and he was writing like final draft out of his fingertips it was so amazing to see and i was just like i am never going to become a writer ever <laughs> so anyway incredible incredible talent uh, and um, maybe we can have him on as a guest at, yeah. at some point. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I you know, cool. um, I think he lives out in Ohio now, or still. Uh, but I don't know if he knows about my transition. Oh, yeah. So yeah. maybe we could have him on, and I could tell him. Yeah. During the episode. Yeah. And <laughs> and because like we like you know embrace the awkward. Yep. You know, so that that could be lots of fun. Yeah. So cool. anyway, yeah. Um, I should also mention that Patrick McNee was the person who played John Steed or Mr. Steed, from The Avengers. We talked about this last week, and I, and I didn't say who had played Mr. Steed. And uh, he passed away in, in the past couple of weeks. So, wow. So, I, you know, I should have said something, because uh, he was an amazing actor. Uh, it was, again, the UK version of The Avengers. Uh, and um, and he passed away at the age of 93. Wow. So um, he was, uh, as I said, world famous for, uh, for starring in the the uh, ITV version of the Avengers. Uh, but he was also in an episode of Columbo. Oh, really? Right. Wow. He was, uh, the episode is called Troubled Waters. I'm a big Columbo fan. Uh, that's why I bring this up. And it took place on a cruise ship with Robert Vaughn, who was in Man from Uncle. Oh, wow. And Bernard Fox, who played Dr. Bombay on Bewitched. <laughs> and Colonel Crittenden on Hogan's Heroes. Which was a sitcom about Nazis and yeah. uh, German prisoner of war camp, uh, and which, which, by the way, by the way, did a commercial for Jello in Dream Whip, and I believe this might be the only time in history that the Nazis have ever hawked Jello on television. <laughs> um, he also, and this is Colonel Crittenden, uh, uh, Bernard Fox, also played. The Detective Chief Superintendent in Dagger of the Mind, another Columbo episode that took place in London. Wow. 
which you've seen. I saw that, which, oh, right? okay. Right? Yes. And it co-starred Honor Blackman, who played Pussy Galore, in Goldfinger. And to come entirely full circle, she played Kathy Gale, the first female partner of John Steed <laughs> in the second season of The Avengers. Wow. Awesome. See? So actually can kind of come, you know, start and finish in the kind of yep. same place. So uh, updates. Updates is next. Uh, do we have any uh, guest updates on Forest Ring? Uh, yes, we do. Now that we've finished the postmortem, we have crossed out her name. Right. And now have we, we've confirmed, is she, have we confirmed she's still alive? Yes, I've been. Okay, fact, good. Yes, Shoo. all good. Shoo. That was like, um, you know, was afraid that every time there's knock on the door, you know, get uh, nervous, yeah. <laughs> get nervous here. Just talked with her the other day. So all good for now. Okay, and we haven't heard anyone, no one's come back to us on the strike through no. on her name, so apparently either it's it's cool, or we have a lot of serial killers who are fans of this podcast. Yep. Which, you know, that could be a claim to fame, you know? The favorite podcast of serial killers. Because <laughs> it's funny, you go on iTunes and you see what other podcasts, people who listen to our podcast, what else do they listen to? And serial... Is one of them, oh, right? It's not wow. about a serial killer, but it's called serial. Yeah. So we're halfway there. Yeah. We're halfway there. Um, so if this is totally offensive to you, please uh, please let us know. Uh, we haven't heard anything from any of the other guests. No, not yet. Any of the invited guests. Uh, if any of you are listening, Eddie Zard, Vince Gilligan, Lauren Faust, Brian Fuller, Alex Hirsch, Stephen Moffat, Dave Foley, Bernie Burns, Alton Brown, and Weird Al Yankovic, please drop us a note at <laughs> D-I-G at typingmonkeys.com. Cool. So uh, let me uh, jump into some other web updates that we have. Oh, yes. So uh, last time I said we were number two, number three on Google, uh, the Google search. This is the uh, – Alex is the one who's who's very interested <laughs> in us talking about this. We've slid back to number four, which isn't bad. Yeah. No, I mean, number four is pretty good, so we'll, we'll see. And then remember a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, I talked about our Alexa rating. And oh, how yes. we were like, we were like number 11 million, 800,000, something like that. Well, we have made some progress. Awesome. We have been moving up in the world, which is very exciting. We are now at 9,894,894 and moving in the, in a, in a positive yeah. direction. Yeah. So, um, so that's been pretty cool. Uh, the bad news though, is our, uh, run on iTunes US under new and noteworthy has come to an end. Mm. Yeah, we're no longer there. We're no longer new. And we've been moved over to what's hot, which is everybody except for new podcasts. So instead of you just being judged against all the newbies, right? we're being judged against everybody. I guess the good news, if it's good news, is that under personal journals, what's hot we're currently ranked number 142. Mm. So it's a start. Yeah. It's a start. Absolutely. Sort of like Alexa, yeah. the web, you know, 9 million something, now 142. So, you know, hopefully. Yeah. But but I do have good news. I do have good news. Last time we talked about how the UK doesn't love us anymore. Well, they do. Oh. they Apparently they do. We were number one new and noteworthy for personal journals. Number one new and noteworthy society and culture. And number 26 in all of new and noteworthy in the awesome. UK. So I think our pandering may have worked. <laughs> uh, which makes me wonder if we should continue pandering to the Brits. Yeah. Right? And then maybe we can continue 
to do well uh, under iTunes. Yeah. Right? Because it worked so well last time. We uh, skipped yeah. a week, right? We didn't talk about it. Then, So um, I, uh, the thing is, we've talked about bangers and mash. We've talked about fish and chips. We've talked about ham leaves. We talked about our trip to Cardiff and Monty Python. Yeah. Uh, so I thought maybe we could talk about pubs because I we, you know, I took yeah. you guys to a whole yeah. bunch of pubs in search of uh, the perfect pint of Guinness, <laughs> right? And I believe it was you who tried to convince me that 16-year-olds were allowed to drink I read in it. pubs, I, right? I looked it up. It said that somewhere on the internet, which meant it was true. And apparently it's not, so. So how old? You'd be 18, 18 right? 18, yeah. Yeah, Okay. Well, I mean, it. That, I was. I so believed you <laughs> that I went to a pub and tried to order you a pint, and they said he's not old enough. And I said, no, he's sixteen. It's okay. And they're yeah. like, he's not old enough. I'm like, no, no, really, it's okay. He looked it up on the internet, and as I was saying it, they kind of stared at me and were like, you know, he was like just trying to get a pint out of you. <laughs> so yeah, that didn't that didn't work. Yeah. So anyway, anyone uh, in London who knows how sixteen year olds are supposed to get pints. <laughs> uh, you know, let us know. Yeah. But though though I mean you're not 16 anymore. Yeah, I am now 18. So you're now 18. So next time we go, yeah, you can get all liquored up. Yeah. All right. So uh let's I guess shift gears to how we're going to make money on this podcast, right? Yeah. Uh that's really the next thing, yeah. you know, of like hey, we've been doing podcast, 11 episodes. Yeah. Show me the money. <laughs> right? So uh, we've talked previously about doing a T-shirt, yep. right? Doing a podcast T-shirt, and um, I guess uh, someone sent in a couple weeks ago, right? Of what the what the catchphrase should be on oh, yeah. a T-shirt, yeah, yeah. Which is let me jump in here, and I don't know what the visual should be though, All right? Because I mean, we can do another T-shirt with like the standard hour glass by Hungry Tanner over at Redbubble, um, but I don't know what we should do for. Uh... Yeah, let me jump in here. Maybe we should think about that, right? Like, yeah. if people have ideas, like now we have a catchphrase, and now we just need to figure out what that's what what that's going to look like for when we open up these. So there's that store, yeah, right. We need to we need to figure out how that. So I think we have almost two t-shirts ready. Yep. And um, and I guess I need to make progress on the book. Yeah. Right. Like, as in write it. Like, I probably yep. need to write the book, but we yep. can put that in the store as well. Uh, we've put Amazon affiliate links on the website. The links yep. that I'm not allowed to talk about. Yep. Those. Right. Mm. Um, we've already talked about YouTube videos that we shot, you know, we shot one already and, uh, you know, you can, I guess if we put ads on it, yeah, we could, you know, yeah. maybe we could make money. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you yeah, know, that's, that'll, that'll be a start. You know, yeah. if we get like 22 million people who watch it, but I don't know what the CPM is on that. I don't yeah, know how really that works. Know. I'm probably gonna have to look into that and see, but I think my goal is 22 million views for our feta salsa. Yeah. Recipe. Yeah. Video. I, think I, I mean, I think doable. that's right. Yeah. It's absolutely doable. Yeah. Cause I'm sure folks in the UK definitely. Yeah. Want to see our, our, uh, yeah. But it's also, uh, but probably we need press in order to do this. So I'm trying to figure out how we start getting some press and reviews and interviews. I think that's really the next big thing. Yeah. You know, 11 episodes. I mean, how is that not a story? Yeah. I don't know. This is, you know, for that, for that stuttering trans person. Uh, you know, yeah, you got a lot of help here. Yeah, you're not, I, I, you're not, I, I you know, know. no, I haven't, no. Nah. Well, I guess we did get a Questory Daily. Yeah, that was, I mean, we got a mention, yeah, but we didn't get interviewed or anything. Yeah, um, and then I thought maybe, uh, maybe Wikipedia page, maybe we need yes. to get a Wikipedia page. Yeah, 
Uh, but I don't know. Should it be about the podcast or should it be about me? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I know eventually both. <laughs> yeah. Eventually both. But, um, but you know, that, I mean, that look, you know you've hit the big time when you get a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I'm allowed to build a Wikipedia page. I think I think you have to wait for someone, for else. someone else to put it in. So we have to somehow attract people who make Wikipedia pages. Yes. Huh. Yes. And have them and have them create something about us, something about the podcast, and then maybe have a like a little bio section in there. So anyone who does this, yeah. I think it would be fun to have little interesting tidbits about us. So, for instance, for me, I play the harp, right? Little known fact about Didge, Didge plays the harp. Yeah, yep, that's absolutely true. So I think um, I think that would be great. What about you? Anything cool that they should include include about you that, that might be true? That might be true. Yes. Uh, I, 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 no, nothing that might be true. All of, all of my stuff is absolutely true. So you don't play the harp? I don't play it's, the harp. It's not like we're a harp, a family of harp players, because no. that would be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be pretty cool that we have our own harp, harp, harp thing. Harpsichord. Our own harp. Yeah. No, harpsichord sure. different. Is yeah, different. no, that's the harpsichord is like what thing. Hannibal Lecter plays. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, I want to play the harpsichord. I don't <laughs> want to play the harp. I want to play the harpsichord. I want to be really good at the harpsichord. So, so yeah, strike that out. I'm not good at the harp. I'm good at the harpsichord. Yep. Right. Yep. Because that that would be cool. Yeah. So, what kind of musical instrument do you think you you do be... I think I play? Um, yeah, there has to be something cool. Um, I ukulele. Yeah, the ukulele, I and I play ukulele. the harpsichord, yeah. and we have our own yeah ukulele harpsichord band. Yeah, and then we could put a CD out of our music. There we go. Right? There's that, a way that, to raise music. music. Yeah. Uh, to raise music. <laughs> to raise music. Raise the level of music and to raise money. Yeah. So yeah, I think that I think that would work. Yeah. So I guess it's time uh, now for Digi's mailbag. Right. Uh, so let me uh, let me read a couple of these uh, from Kyle. Awesome podcast. Loving the podcast. It's very interesting stuff. I live in Alabama and I wanted y'all to know that even the deep south, you have a fan. Keep it up. P.S. Bro hoof Dante. <laughs> there we go. It's pretty cool, right? Wow. And actually, I should explain that because no one people who aren't bronies. Well, we tried to do is. a bro hoof. Uh, I think when Forrest was here. We did. Yeah. But no, um, for well, people, no, the people who watched the video podcast, they saw us brohoof. Yeah, but we yes. didn't say it was a brohoof when we. I did. did. It. I did. Just not very loud. Oh, okay then. Um, but anyway, I oh. know it surprises people that sometimes I'm not loud. I understand that, but good. Anyway, a brohoof is like a fist bump, but it's just like done in a like fat. It's it's it, it's exactly like a, a fist bump, just done in a in the fandom. It's exactly the same as a fist bump. Well, okay. Can you do a bro hoof with an explosion? Uh, yeah. Well, no, because because ponies don't have fingers. So how do they do a bro hoof explosion? Well, we just do. We it's... can. We can. Yeah. So so we should probably do one for the people who are watching on the video podcast and they missed last time. <laughs> we should we can just do it like that. Yeah. Right? And we, that's a bro hoof. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, number two uh, is uh, from Gunther. Oh, good. <laughs> I finally finished proofing my audiobook this week and picked up your podcast. When you started telling the story about Gunther, I thought, is he, thanks Gunther, he, right? Seriously? Uh, is, <laughs> is he going to be able to go through the whole podcast without slipping? Got my answer almost right away. <laughs> 
Uh, number three is John from Orland. Remember John? Remember? Nah. Yes, John. Has, this is he's been on almost every week. Oh yeah, sending in, yeah. sending letters to us, yeah. no, talking about how to... much Forrest listen sounds like stage. Oh, from yeah. from Teen yeah. Titans Go. Right yeah. there we go. So this is this is from Orland, John. This is from Orland. This is from John from Orland. Uh, it says Raven from Teen Titans Go, not stage. What the fuck? I hate autocorrect. <laughs> Raven, Raven. Oh, that that's cool then. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's better than stage. Yeah. Because I was wondering, John. I'm like, yeah. really? Seriously? Stage? <laughs> she totally doesn't sound like stage. So, um, and then I guess our last letter, this one's a little bit long. Uh, Didge, first let me apologize for any discomfort for unintentionally calling you specifically a hero. I understand the weight of a label of that sort can be to a person of integrity. That said, let me better explain my refart. <laughs> Remarks. <laughs> I referred to your hero's journey and the courage to share with the world in the monomythic sense. I believe that you and others who show the courage to work to embrace change, regardless of it being physical or psychological, are displaying a strength to be emulated and even admired, not worshipped. Stepping out of our normal or ordinary world to change your life, to be yourself and break free from a situation or mental state that most people would stay enslaved to shows a remarkable, rare quality of character. Every day I see people of all stations and situations simply making do with how life has been handed to them. Most people suck it up and find methods, frequently destructive ones, to cope with their lot. However, every once in a great while, a person like yourself stop uh, with the coping mechanisms and accept the hardships of the journey to another self or situation. This takes monumental courage. I applaud that. So rather than heroic, I hope you might accept the appellation of inspiring. I say that in light of the small struggles so many of us deal with in our ordinary lives that seem scary or insurmountable. The decision to change a career or make a new personal commitment can become paralyzing, but yours and Dante's shared experiences can provide an assurance that there are bigger challenges and changes that some people choose to take on. It can inspire even those of us who want personal change, but don't face the colossal, the colossus that you face each day. So in closing, thanks for not being a hero, but rather for being an inspiring example for those of us slaying our own smaller demons. I personally have not faced the internal turmoil that you have over gender since I remain firmly a cisgender male, but I have had to make personal life affecting decisions about careers that yours and Dante's journeys have provided perspective and encouragement to make thanks again for the podcast congratulations on getting your first guest forrest was fun keep up the good work wow so um yeah uh thank you i guess is what i should say uh i should say thank you i i feel i don't know how to respond sometimes to things like this and and i've thought about this for a couple of weeks i got this i guess a couple of weeks ago and it's a very touching thoughtful very well written um note and and it it means a lot to me i guess i was raised um thinking that we are all we all face hardships and we all do the best we can. And for me to suggest that what I'm going through is harder than other people are going through uh, is grandiose. 
and uh, is self-absorbed. And that's that's not how I view my life. I just this is this is the challenge that I have in front of me. And I can only do my best and I can only enjoy my life and I can I can try to do it with a smile on my face and I can try to be positive and groovy, as I've talked about. Um, and I guess my fear is I joke about grandiosity, right? I joke about being grandiose and full of myself and look at all these things I'm doing. And, and I hope people understand that it is with tongue firmly in cheek. Uh, I'm joking. I'm definitely joking about it. And so when I read people talking this way, um, I just I don't really know how to respond because I don't want to say, yes, you're right. Look at how great I am. Look how awesome I am. Look at all the hardships I've had because the hardships I have are minor compared to so many other people who've shown genuine courage um, and are genuinely heroic. So so thank you. I, I guess really is all I can say is thank you. Thank you for the kind words, um, you know, and uh, and I, you know, I don't really see myself having any other choice in life uh, but to try to live my life to the fullest. I don't know if, if you have anything to add to that. I, I'm just blown away by the comment. I don't really have anything to say. It's amazing. Um, yeah, thank you. That's very nice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, and I guess uh, we will end uh, the mailbag segment uh, on that on that note. I, I oh, actually no. Let me let me add one more thing. I feel bad that Astro three five nine felt the need to apologize to me for being complimentary. You have nothing to apologize for. What you said and sent was heartfelt and kind and only worthy of praise. I mean, so many times in life, we don't send that note. We don't tell people what we think. I try to do this all the time with people who uh, have gone out of their way to be supportive of me because I've run into people who aren't and they're not actively not supportive of me, but it's small things that starts to take its toll. So the people who go out of their way and they call me and they say, hey, let's go out for dinner or let's, let's go out for a shopping trip or hey, why don't you come over and let's do this, who are actively trying to show support for me and make sure that I'm not lonely and make sure that I have a shopping buddy and and that my spirits are up and sometimes just text me and say hey I was thinking about you today and you know hey how you doing and that's so amazing so uh not for a second should you astro359 uh think that you did anything wrong and I apologize to you I apologize to you for making you feel that way you should never hesitate to drop that note and share it. It's just I sometimes don't know how to take a compliment because if I do, I feel like I'm becoming arrogant. Right. And that is something that I don't ever want to be. I don't ever want to get that way. So this is a very long way of just having me say thank you and let me shut the hell up, which is, as people know who listen to this podcast— not my forte. So I guess so. Uh, let's jump into the topic du jour, which uh, we skipped from episode eight. That was yeah. uh, that was the one that we went a little bit long on. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, I need to be more specific. Uh, we went long, and we were afraid to get to the topic du jour for going doing a seven hour podcast. Yeah. So, uh, so this is yeah, we're picking, and then we had Forest, right? And then we did the postmortem. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually the first time we've had an opportunity to come back to it. But I, I'd like to talk about transitioning, and I guess in my case, transitioning in the public. Uh, and and in the public view and and in the open, uh, Bruce Jenner went dark for something like what three months? Yeah, and came back as her. I mean, that's what he said. You're going to meet her, and then came back as Caitlyn. And it's it's a common occurrence that I have seen and experienced and read about and heard about that that people disappear. They go dark, and then they come back and they have a new name. And uh, new wardrobe, and uh, and and you're supposed to treat the person differently. And for me, that was just not going to work because I think the people have listened to the podcast. This to me is a journey, and it's about sharing with people who I am, and being authentic in the process. So I don't want to change my name because. To me, and again, very crystal clear, I'm only speaking for myself. Everyone has their own journey to go through, and I'm not speaking for anyone else, and I'm not trying to be critical of anyone else, and if it comes across that way, I apologize. But for me, changing my name suggests that I am becoming somebody else instead of sharing with people who I am and a part of me that I've been hiding. And for me, it doesn't feel like a light switch. And it may be a very long three-month light switch. <laughs> like the eco-friendly Yes, lights. the eco-friendly lights that I've been bitching about in the house. And I know we're saving the environment and all that great stuff. But man, it takes forever for like the light to go on in the bathroom <laughs> for me to be able to like, you know, put makeup on. But anyway, it's not... It's not like I'm wearing jeans and a button-down shirt one day, and then the next day I'm wearing a, I don't know, something suitable for the Kentucky Derby. To me, it's about being comfortable in what I'm presenting to the world. And that's why I'm doing this progressively, is what am I comfortable presenting to the world? So when someone gives me a stare, when someone might have an issue with me, I'm comfortable. I'm like, what? what's your problem? Why are you staring yeah. at me? But if I were to go out in the Kentucky Derby gown, then yeah, people stared at me. I'd be like, oh my God, yeah, of course they're staring at me. I'm wearing the wrong color, you know. I'm wearing white before or after Memorial Day, whichever, or Labor Day or whatever day you're <laughs> not allowed to wear white shoes. Anyway, um, so yeah, I am, I am trying to make progress every, each and every week. And, and that's important to me, is to keep moving in a direction and as I've said before, I feel like I'm on a road and I don't know what exit I'm going to take. And I'm fascinated to see how many exits I'm going to pass. Yeah. Am I going to go all the way to full transition and, you know, surgery and the whole night? I don't know. I don't know. And I just, it is, I guess, the reason I never want to go there or really ponder it is because then suddenly I'm looking far ahead instead of enjoying today. Right. That there's somehow this isn't life and this isn't awesomeness. The ability to start wearing clothes that I want to wear and 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 be who I am and not only have it come out on weekends when no one's around. I get to do it all the time. And yeah. 
you know, Michael's home for the summer, and this is my last summer with you, and I get to, if I want to wear a skirt at home while we're playing Excite Truck <laughs> and stuff, I can do that. And um, and so I guess what I'm doing is is I am not going dark. I'm in a way, I'm transitioning in the light, if that makes sense. Yeah. So 10 months ago, or however long it was, I when I hollered in the house, I accept my whole, you know, Dr. Kubler-Ross and the stages of death and dying and the stages of accepting who I am. There was a moment after that that I, I was sort of like, well, now what the fuck am I going to do? You know, like, this is great. You accept who you are now. Yeah. You know, buddy, your life just got a hell of a lot more complicated. Because when you're young... And you don't get to cross-dress very often. You dress to the nines. You dress in the sexiest outfits that you can find because you don't know the next time you're going to be able to cross-dress. Ever. Yeah. You know? Or you're going to stop forever. You know? And... And obviously that mode of dressing is not what it means to be a woman. Right? It has the outer trappings but not the inner truth, if I can be yeah. so bold as to make that statement. Because, you see, <laughs> I'm at a point now where I can cross-dress whenever the hell I want. Yeah. So it's more like, okay, so what am I going to wear every day? And 10 months ago, how am I going to start this journey? You know, what every journey starts with the first step. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go public with this. How do I do this? How do I do this? And in the beginning, as you probably remember, was colorful hair ties, which I actually got the idea from you. Dante used <laughs> to wear colorful hair ties oh, in yes, his hair. literally, because um, I know you talked about, like, the packs, they always have, like, the black, and then they'll have a few colored ones. And I did that. I got one that had all the different colors. And for a while, I used only the black ones. But when I ran out, rather than go out, get another pack, I'm like, whatever, I'll use the colored ones, too. And I was like, I always use the black ones, yeah. you know, and you had the, the ones that were ties as opposed to just the expandable, uh, you know, the, yeah, the, the circly the, things. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying not to be too technical. Right. These circly elastic things that I used to put in my hair. And so I saw you one time wearing, you know, like a pink hairband. And I'm like, that is so... And this was like before I knew that you were gender fluid. Right. <laughs> and you were just like comfortable... Like, just wearing it, because it was cool. And I was like, man, I wish I could do that. And so I couldn't quite do it. And I've had the habit of anyone who has long hair, I think, who, who ties it up, puts their hair ties on the wrist. Yep. Just in case one of them breaks. And so I'd always worn black, again, not hair ties, hair bands, I guess elastic bands, yeah. around my wrist. And so I started to wear different colored ones. And that was really my first step. That was my first, it was almost a show of defiance. Yeah. Uh, because it wasn't manly, and it wasn't something that you'd normally do. And I got, oddly, I got looks from people who just thought it was the weirdest thing. Now, I don't even notice that I'm wearing them, and I don't notice anyone looking at my wrist. So I don't know if it was me. I don't know if I was giving off a vibe. But again, this is why I talk about step-by-step. Step. Yeah. And that first step, as stupid as it sounds, was wearing multicolored hair ties around my wrist. And I do this. This is something that is a part of me now. This is something that is part of my style and I really like it. And other people have noticed and they're like, Oh, wow, I like that. That's cool. And it's neat because I haven't really seen anyone else have 
you know, eight, nine, ten different hair ties of all yeah. different colors. And so every time I put them on, it's always a different mix, rainbow mix of of colors. So that was the very first thing I did. And then the next thing was I was in New York and I wanted to get my hair cut, my first female haircut. Because I always wanted a, a haircut that, because I, I always had long hair that, that I kept in a ponytail. And so I always wanted like an androgynous haircut, but I always panicked yeah. when asking for that. Right. So I decided, screw it. I want to do it. I'm not going to keep going back to the guy who cuts my hair because I just I can't tell him. I can't tell him that I'm transgender. Like I was so caught up in that. So I started looking at where I could get my hair cut. And I found the place that Laverne Cox from Orange is New Black, uh, transgender, uh, where she got her hair cut. And it's a place called Edris uh, in New York City. And so I. I would love to say I called to make an appointment, but I didn't. I emailed. <laughs> I emailed. And I was very nervous and uh, and explained I was transgender and, you know, asked if that was okay and da-da-da-da-da. And I went. And they were so welcoming and they were so nice. And they um, – I got my first female haircut. Uh, and they straightened it, which was which was awesome. It was terrifying. You know, because I'd never really... I mean, you have straight hair. I don't. <laughs> As you can tell, I do not have straight hair. And so they straightened it. Uh, but it was the greatest feeling in the world to get a haircut that I had always wanted all my life, but was always afraid to get to. I mean, it's funny, though, because I said, look, please make sure I can tie it up in a ponytail. Like, you can do whatever you want with it as long as I can tie everything in a ponytail. And then if I don't want to wear it long, I, I don't have to. Yeah. And they said, absolutely not a problem. So they cut my hair, and it looks really nice. But it looks a little, I mean, it's long in the back. But I'm like, you know, some of these things, little, not bangs, but kind of long bangs. And I'm like, okay, um, this ties up in the back, right? And the guy goes, well, it should. And I'm like, what do you mean it should? Hello? I, you had one job. <laughs> you had one job that it ties up in the back. And it did. It did. I mean... Hair kind of popped out a little bit, uh, and I love it. I love. I've since gone back and I got my hair glazed, and um, and I it. I don't wear it straight anymore. I wear it kind of curly, naturally, yeah. naturally curly. Uh, and I've developed a style with my hair that's me. Yeah, that's like girl me that I really like. So that was you know it was like doing the hair ties, doing the hair, and I know as stupid as it sounds, the next thing was openly window shopping. Because when you're a guy. Who secretly cross-dresses, and you go to the mall, and you see a pair of shoes or a great skirt in the window, you're not allowed to look at it. Yeah. You're not allowed to look at it, because that means there's something wrong with you. So you come up with these ways to walk in a mall, and you see something, and you pretend not to look at it. And then you stop, I don't know, 50 feet later, and you quote-unquote, have to retie your shoe. And then you act as if you're surprised because you forgot something. And then you turn around and you go back and you shoot another glance at it. I don't know if you've done that. Nah, I mean... Okay, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's generational, no, no, right? For maybe me, it's it generational. Was, I, I really hadn't gone to the mall that often over the last few years. So at the point where in my head I was considering all this thing stuff, like... I had barely gone to the mall at all. Well, it's also, look, I also grew up pre-internet. 
which, which, yeah. which yeah, for you millennials yeah. out there, there actually was a time pre-internet when you couldn't find all the stuff online. When, like, if you wanted porn, you had to go to the store. You had to right. buy porn at, you know, at yeah. good old-fashioned stores and video stores and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that was, I didn't have that. So it was seeing it at places. And, um, and again, you walk through the mall and you see some of these fantastic displays. And I mean, hell, when we were in London, we yeah. walked by a Christian Louboutin store, which is like, it's, those are the high heels that have like the red soles on them. Yeah. And they're gorgeous. Shoes. Oh. I mean, they're gorgeous. And they River, had... right? River Song, oh, yeah. she had a pair of like five inch Christian Louboutins. I mean, these are like thousand dollar shoes. I mean, these are yeah. gorgeous shoes. And we walk by one of the stores. And it has a display of, like, a spider wearing the shoes. So Michael and I are looking at it because, like, oh, cool display. <laughs> well, and I was like, oh, my God, I've never seen Christian Louboutins up close. So I went up, and you guys were looking at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow, look at that cool spider thing. And then I'm, like, trying to explain, you know, that these that this is, like, a high fashion area and yada, yada. And I was like, oh, my God, these shoes are gorgeous. <laughs> But I couldn't say anything. Yeah, which was which was kind of funny. So yeah, I mean that that was um, you know openly window shopping and just having fun and just kind of allowing myself. And again, this is week by week. You know, this was the first couple months after I came out to myself before I actually came out to anybody else. And then my first real change, and it's so funny because my therapist laughed with me about this that that uh, it was finding the right pair of jeans. It was finding on Amazon. I found a pair of uh, of Levi's five one twos that fit me yeah. perfectly. Like I finally found the right size. I'd gotten I think a size ten, and they were a little bit big. And then I found a size eight, and they fit perfectly. And suddenly I had hips, and they weren't too tight, right. but they were tighter than like my kind of baggy guy jeans. Yeah. And I remember that, like, when I went, I went to a therapy session, and and she kind of noticed. She's like, "Wow, those are nice jeans." And I lifted up my shirt. And she's like, "Wow, you look great." And I'm like, "I feel great." And she's like, "Yeah, look, you find the right pair of jeans, you feel like you can conquer the world." And it was true. Yeah, it was true because no one noticed. Everyone just thought, you know, I was an aging Brooklyn hipster, you know? <laughs> and uh, it gave me confidence. Right. That I was starting to wear the clothes I wanted to. And it didn't matter to anyone else. And then the next step I went was um, was shoes. And I wanted, I like, I like wearing boots. I like wearing flats, flat boots. And so I found a really cool pair of granny boots. And then I found a pair of Madden Girl boots that uh, that came up to uh, to the knee. Those are yeah. the ones I wore to your graduation. And um, and again, it, you know, I for a while I wore the Maddens underneath underneath the uh, underneath my jeans. And again, no one really noticed. Yeah. And then when I started wearing them outside, it was suddenly like. I look like a creative person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it wasn't that I was like a trans person. I was just creative. Uh, but again, it, it, each step, this is all week by week. Though I will say, let me say one thing. Uh, <laughs> I wore guy boots, like military, you know, combat type boots. That I mean, they were nice. They were nice. Um, 
And uh, they're, I think they're like technically they were like tactical boots sort of thing. But they were heavy duty. And I thought they looked nice, you know. And and uh, yeah. But I could wear the same pair for like three years. And that includes walking in New York City for 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes to an hour a day. Yeah. They never wore out. And what I've learned is that women's clothing, especially shoes, are disposable. <laughs> you know, it's like two months. And suddenly I'm blowing out the heel like i'm wearing and these are not high heels these are like something that has like a half inch heel sort of thing one of the wide heels and uh you know and then suddenly like it rains my feet are getting wet because i just i wear these things too much so again that's something i've learned and whenever i complain to women about it they're like hello (laughs) that's how shoes work and when i explain (laughs) to guys they're like really because i've been wearing the same shoes for like 10 years (laughs) so um and then i i guess i also went to the reebok high tops but I got women's versions yeah. of the guy versions I used to wear. Um, and uh, and then I guess the next step was was wearing girl tees, uh, which I started on, on Amazon. And I kind of found, I guess there was what, a uh, a blue from uh, from uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friend, Lauren ha- Lauren Faust, right? Yeah. Lauren Faust was a, was, was a part of that. And then I found a website called Redbubble redbubble.com that a hungry tanner who does the the logo design that we have yeah he's got a t-shirt with that along with the rest of his shop and uh and they do girl tees and almost any design you want so i picked up a whole bunch of brony you yeah. know my little pony type t-shirts and uh some sailor jupiters and some doctor who's and just some stuff that spoke to who i feel like right and who i am and and so again that was just sort of that outfit that I started to wear, uh, you know, with a hoodie, like yeah. I wore a hoodie on top of it. So, again, it was kind of androgynous. And I was on hormones at this point, you know, for a couple of months. So I wasn't really showing much, but it just, I felt good. Yeah. I felt good. I felt like I was moving in a direction. And that's what was important to me, was moving in a direction. And again, I can't imagine doing this, you know, flipping a switch. Yeah. And going from guy didge to wearing a dress or wearing a skirt and heels. I mean, I've done that. I've done that over the years, certainly. But it didn't, that felt like too far of a leap for me. And I wanted to go out and not be concerned about how people responded to me, you know? And and I guess there was a point when I started to know that I was making progress uh, there's a hotel I was staying at in New York, and across the street there was this thrift shop. In New York, there are thrift shops, but they're like upscale thrift right. shops, right? And every day I walked out of the front door of the hotel, I would see the thrift shop across the street, and they had this awesome skirt in the window. And I would always look at that skirt, and I'd be just like, wow, that's guy, wow. You know, I, I wonder what size it is, wonder how much it is. And so the last day I was in town, I walked in. I said, hi, um, what size uh, skirt is that? And the woman behind the counter just kind of looked at me like, "What? why are you asking? I'm like, oh, it's, you know, I'm transgender. And I was thinking maybe I could, you know. And she's like, oh, it's size zero. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not getting that one. Not not getting that one at all. But it was, I mean, I, look, I was nervous. My heart was pounding, pounding in my chest. But I did it. I did it. And the world didn't end. Yeah. And those are those little moments of triumph. And again, I can't imagine going, making these enormous leaps because I would be so self-conscious. And maybe that's ripping the Band-Aid off. Maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. Yeah. 
but it's you know i want to you know slowly get into the pool a little bit you know an inch at a time (laughs) (laughs) an inch at a time but part of it is enjoying each step is enjoying each step and it's why i talk so many times about it was very hard for me to say i'm a woman trapped in a man's body because i feel more like a teenage girl right trapped in a man's body because i'm slowly figuring this out yeah and it's that experience is invaluable i mean you can't leap and suddenly become you know sophisticated you know 39 year old woman because apparently when you transition you lose 10 years yeah so i i didn't know this this is awesome so once my transition is complete you know know. yeah i think i'm slowly losing years i think i'm slowly going backwards in years which is which (laughs) which is kind of cool but it's um i remember my first real shopping trip and it was uh it was with a girl who i worked with at, at amc and uh, uh, we'll, we'll call her TC. That's my nickname for her. And I, I told her, I said, look, I'm dying to do a shopping trip. I just, I need to get clothes, but I can't do it by myself. And I'm so tired of shopping on Amazon and getting stuff that looks fantastic and it doesn't fit. Yeah. You know, and not knowing what my body type is like. And so she's like, hey, great. Let's go after work one day. So we shopped for five hours, something like that. And I had the best time. We went to like 20 stores. And I only got one thing, <laughs> which was at Express. And we walk in. It was kind of funny. We walk in there. And I see this blouse. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love that blouse. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try one on. And if that looks good, then I'm going to buy two of each color. <laughs> right? And yeah. then I'll have like 12 blouses. I'll be in good shape. And she looks at me like I am an alien. Because this is not how women shop. Yeah. You buy each individual thing. You try it. It looks perfect. And does it go with an outfit? Do you need to build an outfit around it? Guys totally understand this. You go into a store. You find something that fits. Okay, this fits. This is the size. This is the cut I like. Let me buy as many of these as really <laughs> possible. And then I don't have to go back for six months. Yeah. Or longer. Yeah. I'm done. That means I'm done shopping. Victory. It's not this social experience. Right. So it was fun because we went to a whole bunch of different places and she's having me try on these things and spaghetti tops and all this different stuff. And um, and it was fun. It was fun. We were laughing. We were joking around. We were having a good time. And uh, I finally ended up getting a blazer. The blazer, again, that I solely... Yeah, this yeah. outfit I've pieced together for, for your uh, graduation. But it's a nice black blazer. It's shorter than like a guy's thing. And, and again, when I wore it, I looked... I looked creative. Yeah. You know, I didn't necessarily look female yet. Um, and the first real, the serious step in that direction was new glasses, which I think I got while I was on the podcast, I think was when, I think you saw the glasses, yeah. right? Yes. So I got those and they are feminine glasses. I mean, again, you can read them as creative, but they have a little bit of, you know, yellow in the back. And so it kind of, it brightens my face. It brightens my face. So again, it was, um, I, I, I like to do this step by step, but it was at this point that I felt like I was hitting a wall or a fence, actually more specifically, that there was this gender fence (laughs) in the middle. And I was dressing as creatively from a male perspective as I could. 
Yeah. And I couldn't go that much further without cro- kind of leaping a fence and pronouncing visually right. that I am transgender. Because I came out to everybody over the course of, I don't know, six months, five months, something like that. Uh, and I didn't want to come out um, where it was obvious. So there was this progression of what I was appearing as. I was, there was a progression of how I felt about myself. And there was a progression of outing myself to more and more people. Yeah. And, you know, you get to a point where, you know, you've come out to 50 people or whatever. You come out to family. You come out to just about as much as you can before you're like, okay, now how do I handle this? So as you know, I came out on Facebook. Yep. Because I was done. I was done. And uh, and that sort of allowed me, I, I think, to cross this threshold. And and again, this was something I was in, in that my therapist talked to me about is that, you know, don't be afraid of this. You know, start developing your own style. There's no magic elixir. There's no magic garb uh, garment that that will suddenly allow you to you have to start designing who you are. And you have to enjoy going shopping and you have to enjoy yeah. trying stuff on and you have to enjoy putting the wrong stuff on. You have to enjoy finding the stuff that's like, nope, that doesn't work at all for me. Um, and it's funny because the first thing I did and I liked it, I don't know if other people did, but I love wearing leggings with boots. Yep. Um, but I was wearing, I started wearing leg warmers, right? <laughs> with uh, with my with my Reebok high yeah. tops. And I felt <laughs> like I was reinventing the 80s. <laughs> Uh, and you know, so everyone kind of joked that you know, next next up was the '90s. You know, and sooner or later, I will um, <laughs> caught up. I will get caught up. Uh, and then it was it was a trip you and I went on, which was really the stake in the ground. That um, I'm comfortable on the other side of the fence. You know, yeah. people may not read me as female, but people are now starting to read me as transgender, which yeah. was depressing on one hand but it was a victory for me right it was a victory because i was accepting who i was in public yeah right not just behind closed doors not just behind friends or behind friends but with friends it was everywhere it was everywhere and i wasn't afraid of how people were starting to react to me it was when we got um our ears pierced yeah right and um you know, that was that was a lot of conversations of like, should we do this? Because this is it's not permanent, obviously, yeah. but we all know people who used to have ear piercings and then it closed up and you can kind of tell. Uh, and we'll definitely get into that day, yeah. that day that you and I had together, which I call impossible day uh, and probably jewelry in general, because I've I have a lot of, of theories when it comes to when it comes to jewelry. Uh, but that was a big day. That was a that was a really big day because I'm like I'm doing this. I'm screw it. I'm doing. This. And again, I know earrings. Each of these pieces, in and of itself, didn't mean anything. Right. But in aggregate, it meant I was moving in a direction. It meant I was moving in a direction that I was comfortable with on a daily basis. So I wasn't hung up that oh my god, now I have pierced ears. Oh my God, I wonder if someone's going to look at my leg warmers. You know, it was was, each step was the next thing I was comfortable with. 
And again, you get looks. You do get looks from people. And the best way to disarm it is to kind of ignore it. And if you do, just kind of smile and be like, wait, I'm sorry to have something on my face. I mean, that's the reaction you want. Yeah. Because when someone looks at you, when you look back and you're like, I'm sorry, what are you? I don't understand what you're looking at. Yeah. It really disarms other people. Because suddenly they start wondering if, well, maybe they're being too judgmental. If you agree with the stare, if you're hostile, which God knows I did that for a spell, um, or if you are, if you turn away or you blush or you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm so embarrassed. If you have that reaction, it enforces with the person staring at you that what they're doing is okay. So I'm not defiant anymore. I'm not embarrassed anymore. I ignore it or I just kind of like, what? I mean, sometimes I even look behind me. I'm like, wait, I'm sorry. What are you looking at? Is there someone, is there like some horrible thing going on? Is there a car accident that yeah. I didn't hear yeah. that happened right behind me? And trust me, this works. This works for a lot of people because suddenly they're like, oh, well, I thought this was a freak and maybe, maybe I'm just being, okay, not a big deal. Yeah. You know? And so I, that, that's, that's been cool. But I couldn't do that if I completely flipped the switch one day. Yeah. You know, and and overnight. You know, and so it, I, I don't really necessarily want to drone on and on about every single step yeah. that, that I've taken. But we did a shopping trip to Tyson's Corner for blouses. And, and, and your graduation was a big part of it because there was a – I was going to hang out with your mom, who who is my ex-wife. And – you know, she's a customer. And I was uptight. I was uptight that, you know, I mean, we used to watch the Equalizer together. I don't know if I did. Did I mention this before? I don't know. Okay. We used to watch Equalizer together, which I think I've talked about. Yeah. But in the opening, there was this woman whose who's hem on her dress, she was standing on the subway platform, was, was at an angle. And she used to mention every single episode, all whatever it was, 88 episodes that we watched. <laughs> every single episode. I can't believe that 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 they let that hem that's not straight go out. Like I just I can't believe that because it just bothered her as yeah. a customer, right? And so I'm like, oh my god, what is she gonna think? Yeah. I mean, we've been married and we have a history, obviously, and you know we've sort of we come to grips with kind of what's been going on of late. And um, so I was I was really uptight. So that took a lot of shopping trips. You know, I went with Melissa to go to Sephora, so I get a little bit of makeup, and I went with uh, with my other girlfriend, K Girl, so I could get the earrings. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, and I got the turquoise earrings, which I was like, awesome! I'm gonna wear danglies; these are awesome. And then, um, and then she told me how to buy a scarf. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean I have to I have to get a scarf? No, 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 no. I just got earrings. I have, I have a scarf. At, I have a red scarf at home. Yeah. She's like, no, no, no. Turquoise earrings are blue. So that means you need to get a scarf that has blue in it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now you're just fucking with me now. <laughs> like, you are just, you are making shit up right now. So I went over to the woman at the counter. I said, excuse me, I would like to get these turquoise earrings. And my friend is telling me I need to get a scarf. She goes, oh, yeah. A scarf that has blue in it. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, as a guy, it's easy. You buy pants. You buy a shirt. Maybe a blazer. And if you really want to show off, a tie. Yeah. And you're done. Yeah. Growing up, we had geranimals, right? Which, you don't know what geranimals are. No. Geranimals were things for, probably for boys, who could not dress themselves. 
So I guess it was different animals, and I guess you got the giraffe that went with the giraffe, and you went with the lion that went with the lion, and I guess the lion and giraffe probably wouldn't go together yeah. because, like, the lion eats the giraffe. I don't know where this is going. But anyway, animals. that was sort of the simple way of, of okay. dressing yourself. So I, I feel like I need that sometimes. <laughs> I feel like I sometimes need that. Because the other thing I learned is you're only supposed to have one thing that pops in an outfit. Right. And I have, like, three things. That popping it out. Because I'm like, oh, look, I have earrings that are blue. Aren't these cool? And let me wear a red scarf with that. And they're like, no. It's either the blue earrings or the red scarf. Uh, but again, I, you know what? I enjoy making the mistakes now. I enjoy making yeah. the mistakes. And as long as people are kind and sweet, you know, they're kind of like, you know, you got to probably have one or maybe two too many things going on. Maybe you just want to go with one. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, oh, and then when I went to Weird Al, I had to get another outfit yeah. for yeah. Weird Al. But again, women understand this. I am going to an event with friends of mine who haven't seen me in a while. I have to get a new outfit for that. Yeah. For a guy, it's just like, yeah, I'll pull, I'll wear this shirt. <laughs> Let me close my eyes, reach into my closet and pull out a shirt. Yep. This will be the shirt that I shall wear. Yeah. I wore it four times before with these people. Yeah, what's your point? You know? Yeah. So again, it's but I like it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, I'm still struggling to find the right blouses and the things that sort of fit my 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 body type. But I, I guess I say all of this to point out, especially if you read my blog, that I assumed I would have two wardrobes. I would have boy mode and girl mode. And especially when I moved to New York, I was thrilled. I have two closets in my bedroom. <laughs> and one was going to be for boy mode and one was going to be for girl mode. But what's weird is that I'm changing wardrobes. I mean, I'm completely changing wardrobes. My old girl wardrobe used to be in the back of the closet, hidden under stacks of things so no one would ever find it, right? And then the big step was it coming out of the closet, literally coming out of the closet so I could see it and I wasn't ashamed of it anymore and I wasn't going to hide it yeah. anymore. And now my girl clothes have gone back in the closet and my guy clothes that are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and I'm sort of keeping for unexpected occasions when might I need yeah. to dress as a boy sort of thing is getting smaller and smaller and that is going to go in a box yeah, or in a bag and get shoved in the back of the closet. Cause I dress full time now again, step by step. So let me close with something that happened this week, you know, and I know I've gone on for a bit and a little bit of a laundry list of, of how my style has progressed, but this is how my brain works. I need to understand each step of the way. Yeah. I need to process it. I need to be comfortable with it. And that's not a big deal anymore. It's not a big deal. You know? So I had a I had a friend come over. And uh it is possible that her name is Uner. Uh to protect the innocent, I will call her Uner. Uh and actually she doesn't care if I use her name, but I I just I like I like to use Gunther and Uner, I think, is probably going to become a sitcom, you know, or maybe a radio play that 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 we do, yeah. right? Typing Monquette presents Gunther and Uner. Yep. 
And anyway, she came over and we were going to go shopping. So I'm like, oh, hey, look, I need flats. I need a few more blouses and et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, oh, awesome. Let's go out. And I said, well, look, do you want to take a look at my wardrobe first to help me understand like kind of what I should be getting? And I can try some stuff on. You can see what my body shape looks like and what works and what doesn't work. And she's like, you know what? That's a great idea. That is a fantastic idea. So she comes over and we talk all day. I mean, we had such a good time and she's asking me questions and I'm explaining to her, you know, kind of what I'm going through. And it was just, it was just a wonderful, a wonderful day. Cause I mean, she's known me for probably pushing 20 years now. I mean, she's known you guys since you guys were born. Yeah. And, uh, it was neat because by the end of it, I was female to her. I mean, she was treating me in a different way than she ever has. And, and it was awesome because I've had this with some women friends who, you know, I come out to them or we talk about it in detail really for the first time. And I find that we're girlfriends. Yeah. And it's, we, we interact on such a different way than we used to. And I love it. I love it. And, and I can tell, I can tell when someone talk about flipping a switch, right? I can tell when someone views me in a different space right. and it is such a confidence boost and it just I, I mean i can't express how helpful it is to me psychologically uh to genuinely be viewed the way i feel i feel and and i i always feel strange telling people what i am and if they read it on their own then i'm like okay hey i'm making progress yeah. but for me to tell people and demand and this stuff just, I don't know, it just feels feels a little overreaching. And so, you know, when people naturally get there on their own, it's, it's, it's awesome. But we were going through my clothes and, you know, like most people haven't seen me in a skirt. You know, you and your brother have, but that's about it. And so she's like, hey, you know, why don't you put this long skirt on? I'm like, okay, great. Why don't you put this on? And then she's like, well, you know, hey, you got this dress back here. Why don't you, you know, let's see, let's see what you look like. And I'm like, okay, owner, um, you're getting to some of my sexier clothes. This is stuff that I, I don't wear anymore because this isn't what it's about, right? right? And she's like, well, good look, come on. It's just us. Let's, let's see. I'm like, okay, great. So, um, so I put on, it's this, uh, it's a wrap dress uh, with a leopard pattern that i got like 10 years ago and uh and i put on heels but black pumps like three and a half inch black pumps which i don't found very good in heels <laughs> and so i change in the bathroom and i come out and um and i i put some uh breast enhancers shall we say the, the stuff that kind of kicks you up size one size one yep. size nothing crazy uh, and, uh, actually, no, I came out before and I didn't have that. And I come out and she's like, oh my God, you look, wow, you look fantastic. And, uh, and she's like, why don't you, you have the, whatever the chiclets, the veal cutlet, whatever yeah. the cutlet things are. <laughs> That's what they are, cutlets, cutlets. So I, I stick those in and, uh, and I, my chest looks, is looking nice. I mean, it's now a solid B, you know, <laughs> maybe a B plus. And, um, and she's like. Wow. She goes, like, I hope you don't mind, but you look sexy. 
And I I look in the mirror and I felt pretty. I felt I feel like I feel like I look like a woman. And I felt like a woman. And it was um it's a place I haven't allowed myself to go in a very long time. Because if your goal is to pass, if your goal is to be pretty, and you don't get there, it's devastating. I mean, it's absolutely devastating. So when you're like, well, it's fine, and I'm transgender, right? You know, people read me as transgender, that's fine. Hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm ahead of where I was last year. Yeah. So go team. And, uh, and if I'm not hideous, then go team. And when someone does think you're attractive, then you're happy. You're like, yeah. oh, wow, that's awesome. And when someone does read you as female, you're like, oh, awesome. I'm so stoked. And that's really how I've sort of viewed it. And so I've been pretty and sexy are two things that I just don't go to. And so having someone who, when I walk out, again, beamingly happy for me, smiling, it's, it's not like, a, oh, hey, let's just tell Ditch, you know, she looks good. Ha, ha, ha. It, it was genuine. It was genuine. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, wow, I'm like, (laughs) you know, I started laughing. And it was, it was such a neat moment because it's not a moment I've ever had since I came out. Right. You know, it's not a moment I've had in a very long time. Uh, And it was such a boost to my confidence uh, that you know, I can do this and that I can look nice, you know? And again, yeah. it's not the entirety of it, but God, every once in a while, yeah, it would be nice to feel pretty and feel a little sexy. And uh, in fact, it was the next day we went out for dinner at uh, at the Mexican restaurant we go to and I wore heels out, wore yeah. three and a half inch heels out. Now, fortunately, Michael's taller than me. Yeah. So I got to be a little bit taller, but not like crazy. Not yeah. like, oh my God, this seven foot tall chick walking around. Uh, and no one cared. Yeah. No one cared. It was awesome. So, um, you know, started hair ties. Currently it's sex kitten. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty good. And all of that under the bright light of day. And uh, I guess I wouldn't have it any other way. So uh, I guess we should move on a wrap. Uh, and uh, as, as we always say, check out the blog at adventuresintransgendering.com and uh, our Facebook link. And please do, uh, if you haven't already, please like the Facebook page yeah. because we are throwing more and more stuff up there. Um, we're throwing more and more pictures and we're just we're trying to have more fun. And look, I, I got to be honest with you, the more you like things, the more you drop us notes, the more you download the podcast, the more you leave reviews, uh, we notice. And, you know, I talk about confidence in how I look. We get confidence from the podcast from you all. And as you can see, we read the reviews and we read all, you know, we read all the notes on the podcast. Please, please, you know, it only takes a moment, uh, but it means so much to us. And and on a selfish note, it it makes other people take note, you know, that if you get to 50 or 60 five-star reviews sort of things and other people are like, oh my God, I got to check out this podcast. So, so every single review does matter. And if you haven't left one and you like it, 
you know, please, please yeah. consider leaving it on iTunes. Leave it on the website. Send us a note at dig at typingmonkeys.com. Uh, you know, if you don't like it, send us a note. Don't leave a one-star review. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's okay. Those of you who don't like it don't need to leave uh, uh, reviews. Uh, but again, thank you for everyone who's been listening. Um, thank you to everyone who has sent us notes and has left yeah. reviews. Uh, and and please, uh, you know, from the mailbag segment earlier, please, anything, share. And if you don't want it read on the podcast, just say so. We'd love to hear from you, even if yeah. we don't read about it. And even if you don't like it, even if, if say, you, say you're transgender and you completely disagree with the stuff I'm saying, I, I, I would like to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, I'm just an idiot with a podcast and, uh, and I'm having fun. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think that's it. Right. Yeah. Anything that's, else? That's it. No. That's it. I sort that's of run all. through the list. Yeah. And that's, um, cause that's kind of how we end things here. Yeah. Right. And we're going to do vampires with, vampires uh, with, with cell, cell phones, phones to, by, to by pl- Greg Hoffman. By Greg Hoffman. Yes. 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 So, uh, so that will play us out. Awesome. Vampires.